hello, hello, come sit, get comfortable. I'm about to introduce you to the world of women, weed, and winning. I am the mother of Raw, and you are listening to A Blunt in the Morning. All right, all right. Hello, hello. How is your heart doing? How's your mind doing? Is she going to ask me that every time she records? Probably. Probably. Because I think those are two easy, quick self-reflection questions that could just let you know where you are for the day. So how is your heart doing? How is your mind doing? Think about that for a second. Last weekend, I had the amazing opportunity to attend the Women Grow Leadership Summit 2019 in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Okay. And the experience was, all puns intended, monumental. It really was. The women I met, the weed that I smoked, the knowledge that I gained was really invaluable. Like, sure, the conference cost money, but the... The experience, I think, is invaluable, right? So the first day, you, uh, we were downstairs. We were at the Washington Court Hotel, and we were downstairs. That doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, but that's, it meant something to me. That's where I was. I was downstairs. And they have registration, and then there was a breakfast. And while you ate breakfast, you could go around to the exhibitor fair, now, mind you, when you came in and you got your ID tag and your lanyard, you got a swag bag. And your swag bag already had a generous amount of stuff in there, okay? Already. Then you pick up your breakfast and you go walking around the exhibitor fair and your swag bag just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And some of the exhibitors were, had things for purchase, but a lot of them were, were giving away things as well. They had samples and... Um, promotional things and so by the time we got to opening remarks I had a what felt like a grocery bag full of goodies and I was excited because I hadn't even looked through all of the stuff that I had got yet so we haven't even started the day and I already got a bag full of free shit it was wonderful so the morning session included lightning talks So after they had opening remarks and they introduced uh, the president and the CEO of Women Grow and the mayor had a special message for us and we went into lightning talks and lightning talks are Women Grow's signature TED style talks on the main stage at the summit from inspiring personal stories and instructional talks to policy updates and celebrity appearances The Lightning Talk program combines crowdsourced presentations with talks from some of the biggest names in the business. And that's off my agenda. I've got my agenda still so I can stay on track. Ha ha ha. And when they say biggest names in the business, they really did deliver on that. Right. You go to a conference and it's so hyped up that you're going to be concerned that you'll be underwhelmed. That's not what happened at all. Like some of the women that I not only got to meet, but got to see speak, got to hear them talk, got to hear them speak on a panel. Right. Yeah. I'm I've decided that I'm going to stop deleting the sections of my podcast where I'm a human, because to be honest, that's often why it takes me so long to do it, because I think I'm supposed to be perfect. But fuck that. The lightning talks were extremely inspiring. Um, these women know their shit, okay? They know their stuff. So some of my favorites, not to say that I didn't like any, but I definitely had some favorites. One of them 
was Conscious Capitalism, How to Help and Still Get the Bag. That was by Tangi Daniel, who is the CEO of Jane Green. I did get to meet her, which was awesome. Her talk was about, uh, sure, we want to make money. Let's make money. Cannabis is definitely an industry to build financial wealth. However, you have to be painfully aware of your surroundings and you have to be conscious of how the war on drugs affected families of color, right, for generations. And it has affected generational wealth and financial stability. It has done that. So while we are old, while we are all over here making all this money, we need to also be giving back to our community. We need to also stay learning about policy and legislation and what can we do to help undo some of the wrong that was done, right? We can't have all these Brads and these Justins making all this money off of cannabis while we've got lots of our brothers and sisters still sitting in prison for nonviolent marijuana crimes. And even those of um, those who have gotten out of prison is some of it's still on their record, right? As a federal crime for some people. So she was she's very educated on uh, policy and how to include people of color and bring them along. Very, very phenomenal woman. I also enjoyed Sex and Cannabis in the Me Too era. That was by Chelsea Sabara. I hope I'm saying that right. She's the co-founder and president, co-founder and product developer of Velvet Swing. She is super educated, not only in the cannabis space, but in the sexual education space. So it was good for her to talk about that. It was She was talking about how a lot of us say that cannabis smoking a blunt before sex gets us horny. It helps us to connect with our partner, um, all of that good stuff. But there still needs to be consent around that. Just because me and you smoked a blunt together doesn't mean we're going to fuck. <laughs> That's not what that means. So just like there needs to be clear consent with everything else, there still needs to be consent with cannabis right because there are strains of cannabis that can that can affect your cognitive abilities right and so we might have gone from uh, up and we're talking and we didn't smoke the blunt and now i'm very quiet and reserved that don't respect that okay still have respect it does not matter whether it's weed or it's alcohol, right? Weed is not a pass to sexually assault someone. I'm going to say that again. Smoking a blunt of cannabis is not a pass to sexually assault someone. Just because she smoked with you doesn't mean she has to sleep with you. Cool. All right. And the last one uh, of the lightning talks that I really liked was how women are raising the bar and changing the game for major cannabis events. And that was by Caroline Phillips, who was the founder and producer for the National Cannabis Festival. Y'all, I was meeting some awesome women. Awesome women. She is, I'm going to read that again, the founder and producer of the National Cannabis Festival. And y'all, she was so chill, so down to earth, so calm. She told us the story about how when she was 
uh, putting up the fencing for the cannabis festival, I guess a few years back. And there was a big hole in the fence. And she went up to the gentleman who was putting up the fence. And she was like, hey, when are we going to fix this fence? And he totally ignored her and called around looking for a supervisor to tell on her just to find out that she was the HBIC, right? It was her. And she let us know that sometimes being a woman in this industry, people are going to think that you're invisible. She said, but in that instance, she's glad. She's glad that he had no idea who she was because he showed her that how how he would have treated women on her staff, how dismissive he was to her, let her know that he wouldn't have listened to her staff either. And so it was a great story of a woman in power, but she was so calm. She was so chill. She was she might have been one of the the chillest uh, people that I met that weekend. Very, very calm, very sweet. And then in the middle of the day after lunchtime, they had uh, fireside sessions and fireside sessions were like panels. So you had a moderator and you had three or four women from different spaces in the industry and they would have an open discussion and they would also take questions from the audience. And I got, I actually went to both of those. No, I didn't. I went to one of those. Yes, the one I went to was uh, The Future is Female, a conversation with the CEOs leading big cannabis businesses. Now, the ladies up on the stage for this talk were some, <laughs> were some heavy hitters in the cannabis industry. There was Darby Cox from Smoke Cartel, the CEO, excuse me, the CEO of Smoke Cartel, Wanda James, the CEO of Simply Pure, Chris Visco, who is still a woman, president and CEO of Terra Vida Holistic Centers, and the moderator um, was the founder of 510 Wellness, Fleecy Hubbard. I hope I'm saying that right. I do not want to pronounce anyone's names wrong, so I only heard them once. That conversation, that was a conversation where you feel like you walking out with your big money pants on. And what I liked about their talk was there was no secret success story. You know what I'm saying? I hate that shit. When you come to something that's supposed to be inspirational and they're supposed to be letting you know what they did and what they didn't do to get where they are. And it's always some real transparent, vague shit like I worked really hard and spent a lot of time reflecting on myself and now I'm rich. No, these ladies kept it a stack. They let you know what they did. They let you know what they didn't do. They let you know what they did that you should not do. Like Miss Wanda, who uh, she was like being a black woman on a dis- owning a dispensary is hard as hell. Right. She said it's hard. Not only are the licensing fees these days astronomical. And I mean that. But that discrimination and that stigma is still really, really heavy on people of color. So in the surrounding area, with all of the other white people that own dispensaries, who's a dispensary that's going to come get audited the most? Her. Who's going to get the most legal things thrown at them? Her. So she let us know. She said, I'm not trying to crush your dreams, but this shit is hard. It is difficult. Lawyer up. Trust your gut. Don't do business on a handshake. 
one thing that women unfortunately we we tend to trust we've got that thing where where we trust and we see the inherent good in people but you know what baby some people are just shitty do not agree to any type of business deal or business partnership with anybody without some documentation with signatures with lawyers with a notary and then they said it doesn't matter what level of business you are at protect yourself because there's always going to be somebody who wants what you got there's always going to be somebody who didn't work for shit right did not work for anything but they they told you that they thought that a t-shirt should be orange and god forbid you do a original design and the shirt happens to be orange now they want half your company be careful that was the main thing that I got from all of these successful business owners is to be careful and to trust my gut. If me and you, if we're just having coffee, we're just having coffee. I'm not about to ex discuss every single business in and out of queen size organic with you just because we're having coffee. And do I look stupid to you? No, absolutely not. And so I was so happy to listen to these women and feel and I really felt like it valid. Not that you always need validation, but sometimes it's nice to have it right when you're in your head about some things and some stuff is up in the air. It's good to have validation. And that talk was validation for me on. No, my dreams aren't too big. It's not unrealistic. Me being tight-lipped with my business processes and the things that are going on with me and what I'm trying to accomplish, that's not a bad thing. Me deciding to not include certain people in certain discussions, that's not a bad thing. So I needed that validation. And I'm glad I, well, I didn't need it, but I'm glad I got it. And then the fireside session for the evening uh, was breaking the cannabis glass ceiling. I did not go to that one because I, I had to pace myself. As excited as I was to be in D.C. over the weekend, I did have to pace myself. Because I still have nerve damage. <laughs> and even with all of the good weed I was smoking, I was still, the activity level was still very high for what I was doing and the air conditioning and stuff. It was agitating my nerve damage a little bit. So I had to take a break. That cold was, it was chilly and the cold was making me super, super stiff. So I took a break and I missed the afternoon fireside session, but I was back in time for the afternoon lightning talks. So they had another section of that. Now, my favorite out of those was restoring indigenous women's economies the intersection of power politics and humanity and that was by mary jane oatman and y'all yes that is her real name even though she is in the cannabis industry her name really is mary jane i always thought that was cool and she is the founder of the indigenous cannabis coalition y'all this was a powerful powerful woman when she walked into the room she started to speak in her native tongue and she blessed the room, right? Which I appreciated. Bless us, girl. Bless us. Thank you, baby. Bless us. Put some protection over us. I appreciate you. 
but she was powerful and she talked to us about um the history of cannabis in native american culture right and her and and the indigenous tribe that she comes from the women are the pioneers of the cannabis in that community they grow it they make things from it um and also in her culture cannabis was given during labor to ease labor pain and to help with di- with dilating and with delivery very very cool and the hemp and the cannabis that they grow it's it's sacred it's grown on the land of her ancestors land that they are leasing from the federal government right they have an agreement with the government that they so that they can live in their own home on their own land so they have to have agreements with the government so they can grow products that they have been growing long before the white men came over here they have to have permission to continue to do something that is a part of the tapestry of their culture right that her talk was powerful and her talk was so powerful y'all that i cannot lie she is the only one that i remember from the afternoon not that everyone else wasn't good or they weren't powerful but she was a showstopper i'll just leave it at that now i did make it to the evening fireside session and this evening fireside session this might be this might have been my favorite event of the whole weekend right my favorite event of the whole weekend which was what does diversity really mean right and this one was with Cassandra Frederick, who is the New York State Director for the Drug Policy Alliance, Roz McCarthy, founder of Minorities for Medical Marijuana, Liz McCauley, Deputy Director of Virginia Normal, and it was uh, moderated by the president of Women Grow, Ms. Uh, Gia. Now, when I tell you When I tell you that the black girl magic on the stage for this session is probably what made me, which that's probably what made this my favorite. They did not mince words. They did not hold back. They were honest about diversity in the cannabis industry, because to be honest, there is none. The government locked away all of our black and brown brothers and sisters for selling weed. And then venture capitalists gave young white boys all this money so that they could profit off of the same shit that put thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Shall I continue? Upon thousands of people in prison. Right? And because cannabis is still considered a class one uh, drug federally, that those charges still follow behind people long after they get out of prison and they are not allowed to be a part of the industry that they helped create. What? What? So you're telling me that I've served my time for a I've served my time for nonviolent cannabis crime. And now because of that, I can't dip my feet into the water that is the cannabis lake. I can't jump in on this shit, too. 
And everybody's like, well, no, no, you can't because you're a criminal. Sorry, what? So diversity in the cannabis industry, it's, um, it's required. I think it's required. And I was so happy that I was a little discouraged at first. I was concerned that I was going to be one of the only black people there. I was concerned that I was going to be one of the youngest people there. And all of those things turned out to be true, but in a way that was positive, in a way that it made me stick out, in a way that I got to meet some cool ass people. But this talk, I loved how transparent they were, right? You've got your black women on the stage, but your non-women of color on stage were transparent as well. They're like, the system is fucked up. It is fucked up. And we can't be complacent white women and sit aside and make all this money while our, while our counterparts are still struggling and they're still getting locked up. And I appreciated them for that. I, I really appreciated that the non-women of color, they were like, we have to use our white privilege to help lift some of our brown and black brothers and sisters up. We have to help them. There is, and it has nothing to do with morality or anything. It really comes down to good business, right? Let's be honest. It comes down to good business to make sure that diversity is intertwined in all levels of the cannabis industry. Not just, oh, we're diverse because we've got a bud tender and she's black. She's black. Or, oh, yeah, at my at my grow facility, the girl who um, the girl who cuts, she's black. No, 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 no. No, diversity means that black people have licensing to grow, right? Black people have licensing to own dispensaries and stores. Black people have licensing and the access to laboratories and testing. And they also have a legislature to protect them. There is policy to protect them. Let's make sure that people of color have the information and access to medical programs in their state. Let's make sure that the churches and the black and brown communities, let's educate them so that they can stop ostracizing their members for taking their medicine. Diversity includes all of that. We have to bring all of that because as booming as the cannabis industry is it's still a whole lot of holes and it's still a whole lot of people still slipping through those holes in 2019 okay there are still so many people slipping through those holes one of the things that i remember working at a hospital we used to talk about the swiss cheese model well sure there are boundaries and there are policies in place but there are holes and for black people and people of color, those holes are very strategically placed for us to fall through them. So building diversity means not only just giving everybody equality, but equity, right? Because nothing is equal. Systematically, we have been oppressed. And I don't want to hear now you pulling the race card. Fuck you. Yes, I am. There is no card to pull. Because it's true, right? Just like I don't think you can revoke anybody's black card. There's no such thing as pulling the race card. It's true. The cannabis industry is an industry that needs 
to be intersectional and it needs to include it is I, I think it should be required it needs to be required that we include initiatives to bring along people of color. And there are plenty of programs and there are plenty of organizations that I learned about over the weekend that do that. And I'll make sure when I get back on my Instagram that I'll post that stuff. I've been MIA off of Instagram except for my stories just because I've been chilling and I didn't really have anything else to post because I've been educating myself. I've been reading, been reading articles, watching videos about stuff. You know, I've just been in my mind i haven't necessarily been in the bag but i've been in my brain <laughs> been in my brain but that that talk might have been i'm pretty sure i don't want to i don't want to pick a favorite thing from the weekend but that talk was probably my favorite thing for the weekend and then it was closer remarks after that there was a fashion show that afternoon that evening they had a bar i had me a real good rum and coke <laughs> There were uh, snacks and all that good stuff. But day one was I was tired. I was definitely tired, but I, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. I would not have traded it for anything. And it was so cool that sure, you know, things that were on the agenda, but something outside of the agenda that I never expected to happen was I got invited to go to lunch and I'm sitting at the table and I'm realizing that I'm at lunch with some women grow market leaders, lawyers, women with PhDs, business owners, right? And they go, Ashley, well, what do you do in this space? And I get a little nervous because I'm like, Psh, none of that stuff. So I, I tell them that I'm a stay at home mom. I tell them about the podcast and Queen Size Organic. And they're all like, what? That's great. That's great. That's great that you've got a platform. Virginia needs to bring Virginia along. That's wonderful. And I felt so encouraged because these women could have easily been like, oh, that's what that's all you've accomplished. That's it. But no one was like that. Everyone was extremely supportive of everything that everyone was doing in the space because of the fact that every single one of us are needed, right? I didn't think that I had, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think I was in the cannabis space, right? I didn't think so. But I, after that weekend, I found out that I was. I found out that I can help mothers break the stigma, right? I can help break the stigma of moms using cannabis. I can help break the stigma in black churches about their members using cannabis or working in the cannabis industry. And that's from talking to women at lunch. That's from talking to women in the smoke corner, right? Our secret smoke corner that nobody knows about that doesn't exist. So not only was my experience in the building amazing, the experience out of the building was amazing. You know, people would just walk up to you and start talking to you. They didn't care how many followers you had on Instagram. They didn't care, you know, how many events you've spoken at. They wanted to know who you were and why you were passionate and why you were here. Just like you wanted when they were like, why are you here? Everybody wanted to know why you were here. Because we are not just here to make money. We want to make money, but we are not just here to make money. All right, day two. So day two 
was uh, more intimate. Okay, so day two, you got to pick what sessions you wanted to go to. They were called breakout sessions. So there was breakfast, uh, networking. Some of the exhibitors were still there uh, giving away some product, selling some product. And you could break out into, I think there were like four different sessions going on at once. So I went to cannabis and family wellness, pregnancy, 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 parenting and preventative care. And the description for that was the conversation around cannabis has finally evolved to include full family wellness from cannabis and pregnancy to pediatric cannabis patients. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We're only just scratching the surface of the potential of this natural medicine. Join our panel of patients and parents as we examine cannabis and family wellness. So this panel included Erica Daniels, who is the founder of Hope Grows for Autism. She's a mom. We also have Melanie Julian, who is a hypno doula and childbirth educator uh, at Happy Brown Baby LLC, and she's known as the Cannabis Doula. She, that is, she's like little, but that is a powerful woman of color right there. Homegirl, she was, like, I liked everyone on the panel. Of course, you, you, you like everybody, right? But you're, you're always going to have your favorites. And she was really sweet, and I got to meet her and share my birth experience with her, and she gave me her car and y'all she really made me feel so good because you know I had told her that I had had a c-section and that you know with the nerve damage and everything I I don't want to have any more kids I really have been discouraged from having any more children and you know she gave me her information and she's like you know you are allowed to feel however you want to feel because it's your body but if you ever decide that you do want to have another child please contact me and I will put you, I will put you, I met multiple women the week this weekend who told me this, but she was the first. And I will put you in contact with providers who will support you, who will support you emotionally, who will support the birth experience that you want. Because honestly, I felt cheated, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I felt, I felt cheated. I felt like I was uh, coerced into doing shit I didn't want to do from a hospital that just wanted to make money off of me. That just wanted to be able to charge my insurance for that C-section. I was not, I was not able to progress naturally through my labor at all. And best believe, the information I have now, those, huh, that's gonna be something that I'm gonna pursue. I came in person to the tour at your hospital. Like I know I'm going off on a tangent, but give me a second. I came in person to the tour of your hospital and all of this mother-led birthing experience it's all about mom it's all about mom i call bullshit because when i got there that did not happen and going to this conference and listening to doulas and midwives speak you know i realized that i got gypped and i got cheated that i had doctors who discouraged me from having a, a doula because i was a little on the chunkier side but no, they just really wanted to go ahead and start the narrative that I would end up needing a C-section. And that's exactly what happened. And I learned that this weekend from these women, that women in general, but especially women of color, are terrified to go to the hospital to give birth. Not only are some hospitals testing babies of color 
to see if they've got cannabis product in their blood without the parent's consent, just because it's hospital policy. Not only is that happening, you've got child protective services showing up to people's homes. And the worst thing of all is you've got mothers and children dying in the hospitals, dying, having healthy pregnancies and not coming home. That is our reality, and that's what's happening. And I almost got uh, emotional listening to the women talk on this panel because that's my life, y'all. That is my life. I am terrified to have any more kids because I feel like the trauma that my body and my mind and my soul went through with after the after effects of giving birth to Harrison, I don't think I would live through another C-section. I don't think that would happen. So it really does feel good to have women who have experienced the same thing or who have had to help other women like me who have experienced this. And they are willing to offer services so that you can be comfortable. A lot of the women, a lot of the nurse practitioners, doctors that I met this weekend, they left big corporate hospitals for that same thing. That it's really, really hard to be a doctor and be a nurse and expected to give all of this care and all of this love. But the next, the woman who looks like me beside me, who's a patient, she's not getting that. And I did not. I did not. All of that shit that they offered, all of the great things that they said that you could have at that particular hospital, I didn't get offered any of that. It did not happen. I was not. I, and, I, and I am happy. I'm so happy that I, I went to this so, so that I can know that I'm not crazy, right? So that I can know that there are other women dealing with with this just like me anyway the other women on the panel were <laughs> desiree ivy who is an rn co-founder of medicinally jointed i didn't want to leave her out because i went off about melanie but she was really really sweet she really was and this talk these moms were so passionate not only were they passionate about their own use of cannabis products whether it be bud or flower or vapes or oils tinctures butter all that crazy stuff right because there's so many things these days that there are so many ways rather that you can consume cannabis but not only were they confident in their use right they were confident in them advocating for their children the mom who is the founder of hope grows for autism her her i think it was her son um has autism and he she they he is prescribed he she they see what i'm talking about he has uh cannabis products that he is prescribed that helps him with the symptoms of his autism now that is a lane that is not mine right and i don't i don't speak on that a lot because i don't know anything about that i don't know anything about child use around cannabis products but I went into that open-minded and I'm glad that she was there and she talked about it so openly because her child is is flourishing, right? There are, and I met plenty of moms who have advocated for their kids to have access to cannabis products and it has helped them. And they are pioneers in their neighborhoods and in their communities for other moms. 
And here I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be ostracized by the mom community for talking about using cannabis to help with my pain and with my own depression. But no, there here's a whole panel of women who supported me and who said you are doing the the absolute right thing. Keep talking about it. Keep destigmatizing it. Because if we stop acting like it's weird, maybe people won't think it's weird. If we just talk about it like it's normal, just like everybody says, oh, girl, I had three glasses of wine last night. And everybody's like, oh, girl, woo, wine. But if you say I smoked a blunt this morning with my breakfast, everybody's like, you do drugs. Are you on drugs? No, bitch, I am not on drugs. Never have been. Don't plan on it. But as a parent it's different for us right because now people want to know well how are you going to explain it to your kids <laughs> don't worry about it because they're not your kids right but also what are you you know how does that make you how does that make you look as a parent how does that make you look as a spouse how does that make you look how does it make you look i don't give a shit right I don't care how it looks to you. You know what I care about is how I feel and that I feel better. And sure, we can still go to therapy. We can still go to church. You know, all of those things can be intertwined. Self-care, it's almost painful to say it at this point because it's become such a phenomenon of emptiness. But self-care can be It can be a multitude of things, right? I don't think, and I say this with confidence, I do not think that anyone is going to get to the gates of heaven and God is going to say, oh, I'm sorry, you got to go back for that weed you smoked for your glaucoma, Alice. I just made up a name. Margaret, Mary, whatever. Sorry, you can't come up here. That I highly doubt that's going to happen. If that's what you believe, I highly doubt that's that's what's going to happen. I truly believe that God, he, she, it, him, her, whatever, whatever you believe, I truly believe that here on earth, that whatever gods we believe in, they want us to live our best and our healthiest lives. If medication is not working or it has not worked or if the effects are too dangerous, I don't think God is going to kick you out for using a cannabis product. And that was a big part of that talk that morning as well is one of the young ladies on the panel said she painfully watched her sister pass away from breast cancer because she was such a God fearing woman that she would not would not use the cannabis products that could have helped her. And her sister is in the cannabis industry, someone who had access. She was, you know, she was someone who had access to things that could have helped her. And she turned it down, fearing her relationship with God. And that type of thing, it's it's hard to listen to because that is a reality for a lot, a lot of a lot of us in the black community, in the churches. I personally don't have a building church home. And I prefer it that way at the moment. But there are plenty of people who in that building, the mindset that they have is, I hate to say it, is based in ignorance. Mm. It's based in ignorance. So I have no problem with people being ignorant to a certain extent, 
because I am willing to help you with the information that I've gotten from this conference and this panel in particular as well. I am willing to help. I do think it's extremely important to go to the churches and to educate these people, educate them on cannabis, right? And it's all about the narrative and it's all about the language. You can't go in there and say, God, I could be mad if you smoke a blunt. You can't say any shit like that. You have to go in and you have to say, you know, there are multiple ways to consume cannabis as medication, right? It's all about your vocabulary, Here are the medicinal advantages to using cannabis products. That sounds much better than here. This joint will make you feel better. And I have no problem doing that. I have no problem doing that at all because I want to see us win, right? I want to see us win. I want to see us thrive. I want to see us healthy. But we got to get rid of the ignorance and we got to get rid of the stigma And from the sessions that from day one, we have to resolve the effects of the trauma. Right. Those are the three things that I have decided to focus on. And I thank women grow for that. I thank them that the information and the panels that I got to go to, it helped me hone in on my own aesthetic and what I want to do in the space. Right. It helped me do that. And so that's why I said I didn't want to say the diversity session was my favorite because the cannabis and family wellness session was also super wonderful. Super, super, super wonderful. Uh, Later that day, I went to the, the class about CBD. Uh huh. I was just looking. I'm just looking at my notes, y'all. Uh, I went to the compliance and science class. What you need to know about CBD hemp and your health. I'm not going into full detail on that session because that session has lots of notes. That was a very sciencey section, right? A lot of numbers and letters. Um, it was. It wasn't like it was something that went over my head that was hard to follow. But that's not something I'm gonna read back to you. That was a really sciencey class. It was based in a lot of policy and regulation. And I'm not saying it like it was boring because it was I felt like, like I said, I'm a super I'm a nerd. I love school. I like to learn. So I was so enthralled in that class. I was taking notes. So that class wasn't it wasn't so much emotional, but it was super educational. Right. And I'll leave. I'll leave that at that. And then the last session of the day that I went to was sex, cannabis, and feminine wellness. And that one was less family-oriented, and it was focused more around women's sexual health directly, right? So there was, <laughs> we, there was, there was a sex toy that came out in the beginning. There was like this big... I think they were green. It was like this green vibrating anal beads. And uh, one of the sex educators was telling us about this THC oil that she likes to put on her anal beads. It was that that panel was um, I liked that. It was a, a mixture of sex educators and cannabis educators who also liked sex. So that was that was fun. And I really liked that class as well, because as a mom, it there is still a stigma around cannabis, but there's still stigma around having sex, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how the hell do you think Harrison got here? 
I know, I know, there are other ways to have kids these days, but I'm telling you that he got here because I had sex and I enjoyed it, right? And so that class was talking, I don't want to call them classes, that session, there we go. That session was talking about about that, how, you know, there are so many stigmas, right? That word is also starting to get like self-care, where it's just starting to become an empty word because there's a stigma around everything, and it's basically people judging, right? People being ignorant, not having any idea about what's going on, but still deciding to form an opinion on something they have no idea about. So in the sex industry, and if you work in sex work or in the sex industry, a lot of that is extremely taboo to some, just as cannabis is taboo. So it was really cool to see those two worlds merge together Uh, They talked about the importance of the LGBTQ plus, I hope I did that right, community because June is Pride Month. Happy Pride, y'all. Happy Pride. June is Pride Month. And so even bringing that aspect in of how there are so many subsets of culture that have been ostracized, right? We have been belittled. We have been dismissed. We've all been thrown over to the same curb so many times that we've built a community over here on the curb. All of us that you've kicked to the side are now coming together to create communities, right? So in the cannabis community, the cannabis community is needs to be supportive of women. It needs to be supportive of people of color. It needs to be supportive of our LGBTQ plus family, right? And in all of that, It still needs to be intersectional. So you got to make sure that you're still including your trans women, that you're including your women of color. All of those things come into this really, really great melting pot. And so to be to listen to a panel that mixes, you know, a culture with sex, with cannabis, it was nice. It was really nice. It was a really fun, whimsical session. Um, it was a nice de- It was a nice session to go to to decompress from the CBD session because that one was so educational, and my brain was on fire. My brain was on fire, but in a good way. In a good way. And the amazing cannabis that I smoked, y'all. I was so focused. I was so focused that I remember everything very vividly. I was so focused, y'all. That was some good weed. It was really nice. It was really, really nice. Uh, Some product that I had from the National Holistic Center. It was very nice. Very smooth. Very smooth, right? Everybody in the secret non-existent smoke corner, nobody was coughing, about to die. You know what I'm saying? It was really nice. And then that was the last class that I went to for that day, so I can give myself a break. And same same thing with day two. The experiences with the women outside of class were just as great as the knowledge in class. So day two is where I met Miss Tangi, who is the uh, CEO of Jane Green. And um, it was with it was. um, Yes, it was with her that I had tried a, a joint that was rolled in 24 karat gold paper. Right. I had saw it and I was like, that's pretty. And her friend was like, that's 24 karat gold, baby. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> y'all are some fancy women. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
And what I loved, what I really loved about hanging out with the women from Women Grow and the women who came from the conference is I really found women who I felt like we were from the same tribe, right? I really felt like the group of black women and the women of color that I did run across that I got to hang out with, I was like, man, we have a lot in common, right? If you like something that is of um, higher quality, right? You're not bougie. You're not stuck up. You're a connoisseur. You have good taste. You have a good eye, right? Like think about how different the conversation is when you are around like-minded people, right? So you go to recommend something or you like something and nobody's looking at you like, uh, that's some bougie white people shit. That's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, you oh, you stuck up. Oh, that mean you conceded if you like that. No, that's not what that meant at all to these women. These ladies are yes. Yes. And yes, we like nice things. And <laughs> right. And I and I love that. I love that they had a yes and mentality on life in general. Does the weed help? I'm pro- probably sure, I guess. But women who are clearly already successful in their various pursuits, who they turn around and they ask you your name. Who are you? So what do you like to do? Tell me about it. And they give you advice. They give you really great advice. I got amazing advice from women in the branding side of cannabis the marketing side of cannabis uh people who do apparel right this is this is invaluable knowledge of just telling me to work on my aesthetic right hone in on what it is that represents you as a person and they've told me that they thought i was doing a pretty good job of it they they love the idea of queen size organic they love the idea of the podcast and they say keep going keep going don't be discouraged because you feel little amongst all of these ceos and cfos and vice presidents because all of us started off just like you we all started off with a dream and a passion and some type of need for cannabis whether it was for a a sick parent or a relative whether it was for a child that was struggling, whether it was for themselves, for a mental illness or for pain. All of us had a story. Every single one of us starts with a story. And that is probably one of the, the biggest lessons and probably one of the most consistent lessons that I got the whole weekend. Is keep doing exactly what you're doing. Do not come up here and try to work for anybody else. Don't try to get hired. And these are people who own businesses telling me, I don't want you to work for me because you are doing what you need to do by yourself. Focus on that. Right. Solitude can get lonely, y'all. And I'm not going to lie. The first couple of days that I was back from Women Grow, I, I had to get myself in the mindset to not slip into being depressed. Because you went from two days of high energy, meeting all these people, smoking all this good weed, to I'm back at home and I feel like I haven't done enough, right? I left itching to start working and within a week, I feel like I hadn't accomplished anything yet. I'm like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time since you've been at Women Grow. And I got to say, hold on, Ashley, wait, stop, slow down, slow your roll, boo. Slow your roll, boo. It's okay. 
it's all right because it's going to take some time. It's going to take time. But I am grateful for the experience. I am grateful to my husband and the grandparents for watching Harrison while I was gone and not bothering me. It was very, very nice. Oh, how could I forget? How could I forget, y'all? I met Cassandra Federique. If you have not seen Grass is Greener yet on Netflix and you are interested in the history of cannabis, you are interested in the industry of cannabis, I suggest you watch that. It is a very good, it's done like a movie, but it's a documentary, you know, but it's a very well done documentary. But she offered a lot of insight on that documentary and she was also on the panel for what is diversity and I got to meet her. And I was super nervous walking up to her because she was clearly about to leave. They had an event the next day back up in New York and I knew she had to go do whatever she was doing. So I grabbed both of my huge internal balls and I sucked it up and she was she was walking out the door and I was like, Ashley, it's now or never. It's now or never. Are you going to sit in your hotel room later today and wonder what would have happened if you would have stopped her? I was like, either she's going to turn around and be like, don't you see I'm going somewhere? Leave me alone. Or she's going to stop and she's going to talk to you. So I said, um, excuse me. <laughs> Just like that. Um, excuse me. <laughs> and she turned around and I introduced myself to her and she stopped, y'all. She stopped and she put down her bags and she shook my hand. She asked me who I was, where I was from, what I, you know, what I did. And I told her how much I admired her and her insight. I told her that I loved her her commentary on the panel. And she was just so sweet, right? A woman who five seconds ago, everything about her energy clearly said she was busy and she had to go. But when I approached her, when I approached her, her energy was so, she was so sweet. She was so nice. And that right there, I'm talking about moments that validated me. That was a moment of validation for me to stop being scared to talk to people. My anxiety is pretty rough. And it's also because I'm out of practice. My social anxiety is bad because I'm out of practice. I spend all day with a two-year-old who jumps on me and begs me for food. So when I get around adults, especially adults that I admire in an industry that I want to be included in, I don't want to walk up to her and sound stupid, right? <laughs> But she was so nice. And that that is a big highlight of my weekend is she could have kept walking. She could have acted like she didn't hear me. All of that. All of that. But she stopped and she talked to me. She stopped. And she said it was really nice to meet. She, she said it was nice to meet me. And I knew she had to go. And I, was, and I told her I was sorry for holding her up. But she stopped and she talked to me. And that's really what I did for the rest of the weekend is if, if I saw somebody that I recognized and I wanted to just real quick let them know that I saw their session, I appreciated their input on a talk, I did that. Hmm. On the elevator, I ran into the CEO of 420 Skincare and I noticed it was her. I introduced myself, said hello, thanked her for the goodie bag, right? Because there were 420 Skincare products in our goodie bag. And she was like, oh, thank you, babe. And she introduced herself to me and I, I said, okay, all right. And it worked. So thank you, Miss Cassandra. Me getting my balls to walk up and talk to you. It really helped me walk up and talk to everyone else for the rest of the weekend. It did. So thank you. Bada boom. 
so all in all my trip was awesome i have I have so much more information than what I talked on a podcast about, but we really would be sitting here for like four hours if I just read through every single note I had. That's how much information I was given. But I am I am going to continue to advocate. I am going to continue to try to get rid of the stigma, whatever the hell it is, around moms in general i think mothers have so many stigmas there's so much shit that we are not quote allowed to do that honestly we should be doing anyway because we are still adults i'm still a grown-ass woman right and i will be damned if the opinions of anybody else will have any type of lasting effect on my life it's not gonna happen And so with me giving less and less fucks, I hope that I encourage other mothers to give less and less fucks. Give less and less and less because the less fucks that you give, the more space that you have for yourself. As always, thank you so much for sharing a blind in the morning with me. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at mother of raw. It's mother dot of dot raw m-o-t-h-e-r period o-f period r-a that's where you can keep up with me all my shenanigans um i definitely definitely anticipate um continuing to advocate for women women especially women of color in the cannabis industry and i definitely plan on attending more events and festivals especially because i know about them now the saying the more you know is really true but i hope everyone has a great rest of their week and um i'll see you next time